God bless everybody. God bless everybody. It is Nikki and Ken back before you again, back with a podcast and a Bible study teaching for you guys. We pray that this is a blessing upon your spirit and upon your ear gates. And we are excited to be back before the Lord and back before you guys doing his work and doing it in his spirit by his grace. God bless you guys. Amen. 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 Hey guys, how y'all doing tonight? Once again, we're so ecstatic, so motivated, and so moved beyond you guys' comprehension to be in the presence of the Lord again and to come before you guys with another opportunity, a blessed opportunity that I must add, to be able to do another podcast, to be able to just come before you guys in the spirit of and in the love of our Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, and to just bring His intimate word, His intimate message to enlighten you guys and move you guys and just encourage someone however it may be whatever the situation may be we're just excited once again to be doing this podcast guys we are in love with the word of christ so let's get started amen 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 so guys you know we love to honor our father we love to make him first we put him first regardless of whatever it is we're doing so let's acknowledge him let's welcome him and let's get into our message once we glorify our father so let us pray precious lord as we come before you one more time father god with this this word lord that you put in our spirit that you laid upon our heart father god as you taught us father we pray that we're able to teach others and reach others, Father God. So, Lord, as we come before you now, we humbly invite you in the midst. May you come in and bless us with your presence. May you come in and take over this meeting. Where you May you take over this gathering. You are welcome. You are invited, Father God. Come in and have your way. Lord, we repent of all sins, Lord. We ask for forgiveness on every side. We pray, Lord, that you just come in, Lord, and that your will is performed, not our will. We pray, Lord, that this, this this atmosphere is as saturated as it possibly can with your presence. So come in, Father, have your way as we rejoice in your name, as we glorify you, as we dedicate this message to you, and as we confess you openly and unashamed. Amen. Amen. So guys, as we come before you guys tonight, we want to come with a message from uh, 1 Samuel because we was in the presence of the Lord and we were studying uh, the, the move of Christ and how he was moving at this time when he was dealing with Hannah. So we're going to come from 1 uh, Samuel chapter 1 and we want to do verses... Um, Let's do 9 through 17, and let's see where Hannah was positioned at this time. Let's look at what she, where, she was, where she was located in the spirit, and how she felt, and where was her trust, where was her faith, where was her heart positioned at this time. So we want to pick up our message from, from verse 9. And if you guys understand the story of Hannah and Elkanah, which was her her husband, we understood that he had two wives. We understood that um, Hannah had no child or no children, and Panana had the children. And and Hannah wanted kids, but the Bible states that the Lord shut up her womb for a certain season, for a certain time. And the Bible states that her adversary, her adversary picked at her, taunted her, teased her for not being able to conceive and give her husband a child. 
So as we begin to pick this message up from verse nine, we're going to see where the Lord has positioned Hannah, where the Lord has placed her and how the Lord taught her how to come to him, to worship him and to ask him accordingly, accordingly to what this thing is that she had desired of the Lord. So I want to come from verse uh, verse 9. Once again, this is First Samuel chapter 1, verse 9 through, let's do 9 through 12 first. Let's pick it up there as the as I quote what scripture says. So Hannah rose up, she rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon the seat by the post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the unto the Lord and wept. So in other words, she was crying out to the Lord. She was pleading with the Lord with this thing that she was dealing with, and she was pulling on the Lord for answers for what she was dealing with at this time. And as she began to minister to the Lord and cry out to the Lord, she was sure of this God that she was serving. She knew who he was and what he was capable of doing. And so as she was in his presence, Hannah began to do something that I found that was so amazing at this time that even Eli, as he was standing on the post of the door, as the priest was sitting there watching the people enter and come in, look at what Hannah Hannah did in the spirit in verse 11, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but would give unto thy handmaid a man child, then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. This is a prayer that she's having with the Lord in the spirit because no one is able to hear what she's saying and what she's praying because this is a vow. This is a covenant. This covenant. This is a union that she's making between her and the Lord. And how do I confirm what I'm saying here? If we read verse 12 and scripture says, and it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Eli marked her mouth. Why would someone mark why would someone have to mark your words if they could hear what you're saying? Why would someone have to try to understand this prayer that you're praying if they could hear what you're praying? Come on, guys, I'm trying to help somebody with this. Why should the priest that is standing at the door have to read the lips of this woman that is coming to the Lord, seeking the Lord for something that she desires so much to the point that even the priest can't even interpret it, what she's praying or what she's asking of the Father? I want to bring you in, Tarheesha, just to get um, get your opinion or to get your side of the view or the story of this message um, from this point. I love this story because we look at this one-fold, but it's really a two-fold message. Help me out now. Because Hannah wanted to give birth to something, but God had locked her womb. Yes. But if we pay close attention to the story, Eli was giving birth to something as well. Wow. So I want to read verse 12 in the NLT version. And it says, As she was praying to the Lord... Eli watched her, Mm. seeing her lips moving, but not hearing no sound. Mm. He thought she had been drinking. 
Mm. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Isn't it ironic, you know, the job of a priest is to hear from the Lord. Amen. Back then in the Old Testament, the priests are responsible for the sacrifices to make sure that the laws of Moses were kept intact. And so they were people that were responsible for hearing from the Lord, anointing people from the Lord, doing sacrifices, giving up praises, even making sure they give offerings for sins back then. We don't do that anymore. Mm. However, it was one of the things in the roles of the priest back then. So in other words, the priest didn't have a problem hearing from God. But now you have the priest here that had people coming into the temple that would pray and he would be able to interpret some of the things that they were going, was taking place in their life because he was receiving revelations from the Lord. But in this case, the priest had no sound. Mm. In other words, there was no sound being made from heaven to him to interpret the problem that Hannah was facing at that time. And there was also no sound coming from Hannah as she prayed. So the title, if you guys haven't already known and if we haven't given it to you guys yet, the title of this message is called No Sound. No Sound. No Sound. Wow. Wow. The Lord is introducing um, Hannah as well as Eli to a new prayer life, a new way of praying a new way of coming to the Lord, a new way of seeking to the Lord. And what was so amazing about this new way was it was also new to Hannah, but it was also new to Eli to to show the priest that you don't know everything. No matter who you are, there are certain things that the Lord wants to keep intimate between him and his servant. I don't care who you are. When you begin to develop that intimate and personal relationship with the Lord, the Lord will keep that relationship personal. This is a personal thing that we're witnesses here. This is something, this is a covenant. This is a vow. This is a relationship that is so intimate that she's vowing a vow to the Lord, but she doesn't want man to hear this vow that she's vowing to the Lord. And it's close enough to say that the Lord moved on her spirit in order to teach her that when you come before the temple, when you come before me at the temple, you come before me in the spirit, in the spirit of your heavenly father and, and, and pray to me in spirit and I will reward thee openly. Amen. It's such a, it's such a great revelation because Eli was used to cases that he could reveal information from the heavenly host unto the people. And here you have Eli being in awe and in shock, not having a word to say. So now Eli is giving birth to a new revelation and a new dimension of who God is. I don't tell you everything. You're not to know everything. Every case that walks through the door, you will not know the answer to it. So Eli was giving birth to new revelations of who God is. God has given him at this point a great insight to who he is. I'm not going to give you. And who is he? God. God. I'm not going to give you the answers and the solutions to every person's problem because I am God. I am the all-knowing. You may be the priest, but I know it all. And I understand the case of Hannah, even if you don't. And so now he's in perplexity. Like, why can't I interpret what she's saying? Even he tried so hard to read her lips. God wouldn't even allow him to read with the words that were coming out of her, uh, from her lips because it was such an intimate 
relationship with Christ. And so this puts it in perspective as, you know, even though you might be a prophet or apostle mm-hmm. or whoever, we are not God. Amen. We do not know it all. So and so we, we look at this story a lot as Hannah gave birth, but mm-hmm. Eli, Eli's birth was Amen. something that God is doing even now and forevermore. Amen. He's always introducing us to a new nature of him. Amen. We'll never know all the mysteries of God. And so I love using this story is Eli for the example that God will introduce us into a new, give birth to new revelations uh, through different cases that we encounter. Because, you know, you might be a person that can hear from God, but then a certain case is presented to you, you hear nothing. You see nothing. And you say, God, what is this? This is unfamiliar to me. I love this, guys. I love this so much that I want to reread verse 11 one more time. Now, Hannah is before the Lord, and Scripture says that she's crying, and she's she's weeping in bitterness, and she's pouring her heart out to the Lord. And we're going to read Scripture that, that confirms, that backs up, that she's crying and pouring her heart out to the Lord. But as she's before, just imagine, imagine Hannah in the temple right now, and she's near down and she's before the Lord and she's and she's praying to the Lord and her vow and the scripture says in verse 11 and she vowed a vow and said O Lord of hosts if thou will indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid but will give unto me give unto thine handmaid a man child then i will give him unto the lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head my God, she's having a conversation with the Lord, and she's saying to the Lord, if you give me this child, Lord, I promise I'm going to give this child back to you. All the days of this child life, he will serve you, Lord. My God. Let's continue with verse 13 through 17, and then we can begin to um, um, collaborate with that. You know, verse verse 13. Now, Hannah, she spake she spake in her heart. Here it goes. She spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? But put away thine wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. She have poured out her soul before the Lord. And before I go to verse 16, I have to bring my wife in on this. How is it? It goes back to what you said about Eli being a priest, but yet still he's not knowing all of the dimensions of God because how is it that he doesn't know that you can worship God in spirit? Well, she was praying to him in, in, in her spirit or from her spirit that he didn't even know what type of relationship this was that she was having with the Lord. Because this was a no sound birth. This was a no sound birthing for Eli. In other words, there was, like I said before, there's no sound coming from heaven to interpret what was taking place. But God was birthing new revelations in Eli through the case of Hannah. Yes. And so in this case, you have Hannah 
she's a woman of sorrow, but there is no sound. So in both cases, they are both giving birth under no sound. And the reason for that is because God did not want anyone to interfere. When you are giving birth to something, something eccentric, something never Mm -hmm. seen. Look at this. Both cases are eccentric. Hannah is going to give birth to something that they Mm -hmm. had never seen before. One of the greatest prophets in Mm -hmm. the Old Testament. Eli was giving something, a birth to something unique that he had never seen before. Mm -hmm. God, what is this? That I can't even interpret this woman's uh, pain. I can't even interpret whether she's praying or is she drunk. I can't interpret what she is saying. So it's something new and eccentric. So God wants a no sound birthing Mm-hmm. In a season where nobody knows what's taking place in your case but mm-hmm. him. And at the time of revealing, God will open your mouth and yes. you will be able to explain what is taking place with you. Amen. And so it's a no sound birthing season. Amen. Be quiet. I love it. Ooh, worship God. Pray unto God right in an there. unknown tongue, you know, an unknown to man, but known to God Amen. in a position that many people Amen. may not have seen before and no Amen. one needs to know about. You so your it. no sound yes. can give birth to what God was trying to protect yes. and cover. You got to look at it this way as That's well. It. God could have been protecting, you know, if the world had never seen a Samuel during this time, best believe God is guarding it. Mm. He's guarding it. So he doesn't want anyone to know this particular thing. And so now is a no sound birthing season. No sound. God is doing something so miraculous and so great, Mm. even in this story and relevant to what is taking Mm. place now. And so don't get upset if someone can't interpret your pain. They can't interpret what you're feeling. They don't know and understand what you're going through. Mm. They're not supposed to. Why? Mm. God is guarding your birthing while there's a no sound coming from you. Amen. There comes a point in time in everyone's life that comes a a season in all of our life where we have to do something as simple as keep our mouth shut. Amen. Keep our (laughs) mouth shut. Yes. Take it to the throne of God and leave it with him. Yes. Everyone doesn't have to know everything you and the Lord talk about. Yes. Why? Because it's an intimate, a personal, a private relationship between you and him. And I promise you, if you keep the the relationship intimate, if you keep it personal, if you keep it pure, then those things that you and the Lord are sharing in the in secret and private, he will reward it openly. Amen. Amen. Let's 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 uh do 16 and 18 and then we'll go from there. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken hitherto. Verse 17, then Eli answered and said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked him. And she said, let thy handmaid find grace in the sight So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. 
Amen. I want to read that in the NLT just to get it broken down. Yes. 16 says, don't think that I'm a wicked woman, Mm. for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Mm. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. Mm. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of me. Mm. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Mm. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Mm. All this stemmed from no sound. No sound. No sound sound. that was being made. Mm. And so that no sound birthed out something the world had never seen before. A great pioneer. A great trailblazing prophet of the Old Testament. And that's what God wants to do now. Because whenever there is something new that is coming on the earth ramp that is being Mm. birthed, God wants to guard it. Remember the story of Jesus Christ and Joseph when they had to hide, they had to flee to Joseph and Mary. They had to flee yes. to hide Jesus' birthing. Why? Because mm-hmm. Herod was killing all those little babies of the land at that time. Yes. And so think not that God has changed a thing. Amen. He's still doing the very same mm-hmm. thing. God will not bring us to a birthing, not to birth it out, to guard it and protect it. And so we just have to be careful and know that this is a no sound season yes. for a lot of us Ooh, because we're that. giving birth. Amen. Amen. And guys, this is our message, guys. This is our message. Remember that the things that we're doing with the Lord, we need to do it in our spirit and in our heart. And we need to do it with purity and sincerity and go before the throne of grace, surrendering it all to the Father and trusting and believing in Him. Amen. Guys, we don't want to close without... Um, praying for you guys, praying for the situations, just lifting up prayer to the Heavenly Father and thanking Him for this message and praying that praying that you guys' situation, that whatever the Lord is doing with you in secret, that you would take it to Him and in private and that He will reward you openly as well. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that we were able to come into your presence and glorify your wonderful works, Lord, that even what you was doing then, Lord, you're still doing it now. Father, we know that there's someone out there, Lord, that you're that you're ministering to, Lord, in, in secret, Father. And there's someone that's coming to you crying out now, Father God, for your hand to move on their situation. Father, we intercede with that prayer now. And we pray, Father God, that your miracle hands come down and touch every situation now that's coming before you, Lord, with sincerity, with purity, with love, with belief, with trust, Lord. I pray for your people, Lord, as we intercede together on one accord. May you open up a door, Lord, for a financial blessing, Lord. May you heal, Father God, that sickness, Lord. Will you remove that disease, Father, and cast it into the sea, Father God. Father, may the paralyzed get up and walk. May the blind see. May the deaf hear, Father God. Father, let the seasons of miracle pour, Father. May it pour, Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray that you touch the situations of your people that are in need, God, that are waiting patiently for you, Father. Those who faith haven't been shooken, Father. Those who are faithfully waiting on you, Lord, I pray that you remember them. And I pray, Father, that you strengthen the faith of the weak, God. I pray, Father God, that you give them strength, God. And remind them, Lord, that you are still God, that you see all and know all. As we glorify your name, as we worship your name, and magnify you for being the great I am, 
which you are, Father. We confess you openly and unashamed, and we glorify your name, and it is so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Until next time, you guys stay blessed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, guys. We're Faith Healing Ministries. I'm Ken Cooper, and I have my beautiful wife. Nikki Cooper. And guys, we're coming before you guys on our podcast tonight because we just felt moved by the Spirit to come in and give this encouraging word and hopefully motivate you guys to just, you know, redirect your focus and put your hearts and your mind and your spirit back on the one and only true love, which is Jesus Christ. So with our message tonight, I pray, guys, that it uplifts you guys and it redirects your focus back to the Father. So before we get into that, you know, let's always what we do, we dedicate, we give everything back to the Lord and then we get into our message. So before we get into prayers, anything you want to say? She bought a business, guys. So because she bought a business, we're going to go right ahead and jump right into it. So let us pray and let's surrender this message back to the Lord and we'll get right into it. Precious Lord, we thank you once again for this beautiful opportunity that you've graced us with, Lord. Father, we welcome in your spirit. We ask that you come in and take over our word, take over our message, take over the airways, whatever you do, Lord, Father God, because no one can do it the way you do it. So we surrender. We submit all that we are unto your hands, Father God. We rededicate this call back to you. We rededicate the message, the listeners, and we welcome in your spirit. May you come in and have your way as we dedicate it to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, guys, we've um, done our introductions. We've given our message to the Father. Let's get right into it. So we want to talk about a decision, uh, making a decision and a choice that has to be made. So we all are given that opportunity to make a decision or making uh, whatever choice we choose to make. It's in our hands. And we just pray that when that time comes or when we're in that situation, we make the right decision or make the right choice. Anyway, which way we look at it. So there's so many different reasons we can say why this message was inspirational and why we choose to talk about making a decision. But I just want to keep it strictly to the Bible. So I want to come from um, the book of Matthews and I want to talk about the rich man. And I pray as I begin to talk about the rich man from um, Matthew chapter 19, I'm only going to give you guys three verses because I only want to get I want to get right down to the point. So let's get right into it. We're going to talk. We're going to come from Matthew chapter 19 verses 21. Um. Let's do 21 through 23, and then we'll get right into our message concerning a decision, a choice, something that has to be made, and what decision will a rich man make? I want to pick it up at verse verse 20. Let's do 20. And the young man said unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? And Jesus said unto him, If thou will be perfect, go and sell all that I have, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Mm, 22. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, 
for he had great possession. I want to stop right there. Jesus gave him a decision to make, to sell all that he have and to come and follow him. Everything that the young man had, he had because of the grace of God. But yet and still, it wasn't, he didn't realize that the possessions that he had came from above. And sorrow filled his heart because he believed that the things that he had, he accomplished them on his own. Wow. How we can be so caught up in the fact of thinking that we are able to accomplish all of these things about that without the Heavenly Father. Let's read verse 23 and then we'll stop. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I said unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Let's keep going, guys. 24. And again I said unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. We're going to come back and we're going to finish this, but let's talk about this real quick. A decision that we have to make concerning our lives, concerning our families, our friends, our job, concerning our soul. There comes a point in time in our life where we're going to have to make a decision. Do we want the earthly treasures or do we want the heavenly treasures? Do we want the treasures of the kingdom of God or do we want this treasure that's going to perish? That's going to perish. And Christ was giving this rich man an opportunity to collect the riches in heaven. But he chose to keep the riches that were here on earth that will soon one day perish along with his soul if he didn't if he didn't make the right decision. It is important, guys, that we choose the right decision to make in this time. Do we want to live eternity and live a life that is full with the promises of Christ and live forever in the bosom of our Lord and Savior? Or do we want to die with our materialistic things? Or do we want to perish with those things that are sure to fade? What was so mind-boggling about this was Jesus didn't get upset. He gave him a decision to make because it was his decision to make. And as Jesus began to speak to the rich man and open his eyes or tell him about the treasures or selling all that he had, it was so amazing that the, even his very own disciples didn't understand what he was what he was saying about selling all that he had and follow him. And the reason that I wanted to continue with this message was because at this point in time, the disciples was following him, but they wasn't paying attention. They wasn't understanding what Jesus was teaching them at the time. How do I know? Because even the, even Peter began to question and, and began to ask him, ask him about um, who then can be saved if he gave up all of these things. And the Lord told him, with men, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. But the Lord wanted Peter as well, as well as the other disciples to understand what he was saying, don't get caught up into these materialistic things. And don't think just because you following me and you give up these things for my sake, that you shall go empty handed. 
because the things that I'm going to give you in my possession is far greater than what you have in your very own possession right now. Let's pick this message up at 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I said unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall also sit upon the throne of, of twelve thrones judging, judging the tribes of Israel. And every one that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or land for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. My God. So the things that we think we're holding on to that are in our possession doesn't compare the things that Christ have for us in his possession if we would follow him. If we would give up everything that's materialistic in our possession if we would let go of the things that we are holding on to and grab a hold to the things that Christ are trying to surrender to us, then we shall inherit eternal life. Amen. Amen. It's that time that we have to make that right decision and we have to make a choice because this world is not going to get any better. Amen. We got to tell you the truth. We're not saying that Christ has forsaken us. The Lord says, <clears throat> I will be with you always <clears throat> until the ends of the earth. And he would never leave us nor forsake us. But what we must remember also is that the word shall perish. Mm. Everything will perish except for the word of God. So we have to make a choice for our soul for eternal sake, mm. whether we want to live in the right now or whether we want to prepare ourselves for our eternal home. And that's all we want to harp on today. Yes. You know, we think about the story of the rapper DMX passing away. Well, think about this. There was a choice he still had to make. Yes. We know that he was calling out to God. We were very, you know, we were very sympathetic to his situation and compassion about, you know, his passing and as well as on the many other people because we were fans as well. However, with all the seeking, with all the calling, with all the praying, with all the reaching and seeking, there was something still that we he had to do within himself and it was make a decision mm. make a choice choose ye this day whom you will serve and so when we say yes sometimes even though it's a struggle we know it is not easy we still have to make a decision mm. you know even with that you know i want to read a little bit of you know first corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work it's Go ahead. Always work enthusiastically. Can get the word out mm -hmm. for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Mm -hmm. Meaning that God is watching us. God is looking at the things that we're doing for His name's sake. But remember, the beginning of the scripture says, "So, my dear <laughs> brothers and sisters, be strong and what immovable." So that tells you there. There's a choice that we have to make. God requires.
requires us and wants us to be strong in him and immovable. So every scripture that I'm going to go ahead and harp on, is going to let you see how we have to come in and make the choices. Because it's not enough for us to call on the name of the Lord. It's not for enough for us to seek the Lord. It's not enough for us to pray and cry out to the Lord. Because if we go to Romans chapter 1, it talks about living in the truth but unrighteousness. Meaning that we know the truth, but we still choose to live in unrighteousness. Now this is not a bashing session, but it lets you know that we have a part to play in this whole thing called Christianity and being a believer. You know, we always talk about grace and mercy, but it runs out after a while. Grace and mercy is not going to save us anymore. It's there for a short period of time. Grace is there. Oh, absolutely. Mercy is there. Absolutely. But after a while, when we don't make the right choice or the right decision, it runs out. And then we find ourselves getting caught off guard by things in life and asking, where's God? And so this message, his death really inspired me to do this message, to let people know we still have a choice to make. Just like Ken just read, we have to make a decision as to whether we're going to give up everything for the Lord and whether we're going to hold on to our darkness. We're going to hold on to our demons. We're going to hold on to the things that we know that we can't serve God with. You know, we have to make that choice. And once we surrender, God is there to help us along the way. But, you know, after a while, he's like, I've given you time. I've given you the grace that you've needed. I've given you the mercy that you needed. But after a while, God throws his hands up and say, you know, it's been a long time. How long shall I toil with you? Did he not tell the disciples that after a while? Amen. Jesus is letting you know even he gets tired after a while. How long shall I toil with you? Very patient, but patient runs out after a while. Why? Because we have to make a choice. We have to make a decision. So I want to read Romans chapter 1 verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Watch this. That means we hold something that is true. We hold something that is right. We hold something that is dear, but we hold it in unrighteousness. Mm. And the reason for that is because we have not decided to make the right choice yet. We have not decided to make the right decision. We, you know, when we say yes to Christ, there's an obligation that God holds us to, and his word is there to comfort us and bring us through and push us through. But we can't slap God in the face continually and say, God, I want this and I want you at the same time. Can you make that happen? God doesn't negotiate. He doesn't make deals. He doesn't do contracts. And so that's what we have to make that choice. And so it's hurtful to know the things that have taken place with this young man. And well, not so young, but you know, you know, this rapper that we all admired and looked up to and just other people in life as a whole, you know, but we got to get, we got to get to the point in life that, you know, during this time, God has sent back on his throne and said, I've given so many people time. I've given them so much time. How much more do you require of me? Because I've given you so much time. I've given you so much grace and I've given you so much patience. And now it's, it's run out. And so even during this pandemic, God has been 
graceful to a lot of us. And some of us still have not decided to make the right decision to turn away. We still toil with the things that God has freed us from and we decide to go right back to it. But now God is showing us through the death of other people, not every case, but some cases, through the death of sickness or whatever, in some cases, not every case, that we have a decision to make. And so that's all I just want you guys to think about is that it's no more time to just keep harping on grace and mercy. It's no more time to keep harping on a just man fall seven times. Well, you keep falling after a while. God is going to treat you just like the disciples. How long shall I toil with you? And in case you under a rock and you're not prophetically inclined to see what's taking place, Jesus is coming back. Don't think that God will love you and not cast you into a lake. Indeed, he will. He loves us to the end, but he wants us to get to a place where we put him first over everything. We make the right decisions and say, God, I know that I keep messing up. I know, God, that I keep choosing the wrong path. I know, God, that I keep going the wrong way. Can you just give me a little bit more time? Time is not on our side. That's it. God makes a decision at the end of the day. But as you can see now, time is running out. And so now you have to make that choice. You have to cut off whoever you have to cut off. Cut them off. You got to cut off whatever you have to cut off. Cut that thing off. Whatever it may be, if you have to relocate somewhere at all costs, it is now a critical time to get close to the heart and the feet of Jesus because as you can see time is running out and we have a choice to make amen 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 guys I want to give you guys one more story that moved me um, to talk about the decision that needed to be made and it's also um, coming from um, the book of Matthews chapter 20 we all know the story of the two blind men and how they heard that Jesus was walking through town. And when they heard that Jesus was walking through town, the multitudes, they tried to quiet the blind man up. They tried to shut him up. And the blind man, decision that they needed to make was whether they was going to be quiet or was they going to shout and cry out to Jesus until they got their blessing. And it seemed like the more they tried to quiet those two blind men up, the more they cried, the more they screamed, the more they pulled on Jesus to Jesus stop and answer their prayers. Now, if they had stopped and listened to the multitudes and shut up and obeyed the multitudes, they would have not gotten their breakthrough. But it was something about Jesus that was on the inside of them that they believed that he could give them what they need. So think about the decision when, uh, think about this when you're in your situation. Are you going to let the naysayers stop you from going and getting to your destiny? Are you going to let the doubters stop you from fulfilling what the Lord has called you to be? Are you going to stay in the presence of the Lord and tell the Lord that I believe that I am who you say I am. And I believe that I will accomplish the things that you say I will accomplish, Lord. Are you going to hold on to every word of the living God? Are you going to let doubters, are you going to let doubters cause you to doubt the word of the living God? 
It's now time to be pleased with the applause of one. It is now time to be pleased with the applause of one. We're at the point now where you have to do it when nobody else is watching. Amen. You have to do it when no one else is listening. Because when he comes back, he wants to find you doing your work. Mm. And so this is what we're in the place of right now. It's not requiring a whole stage or platform full mm. of people watching you as you go forth doing the work of Lord. No, it's now time of testing where God is watching you to see if you're going to do what he tells you to do. Will he catch you with your work done? Because he's not going to make, he's not going to decide to do something based on the audience that you have. It's not about quality, but it's about obedience and it's about faithfulness in this very critical hour because he's coming. Many are called, but few are chosen. So don't think because the calling is there that that's a surety to be preserved by God. Absolutely not. DMX had a calling on his life but look what happened so we have a decision to make and so don't take your eyes off God in this hour it's time to repent put your position back in the put yourself back in the position and posture of praying and seeking the presence of God and living in the presence of God when no one is watching you when only God is there and he knows the true integrity of you and your heart because it's not determined by your followers it's not determined by how big your church is it's not determined about how articulate you are how entertaining your prayers and your worship may be he is concerned about your heart and your integrity. What are you doing? What are you saying? How are you portraying yourself when nobody is watching but God? This is where we are. So I want to say this real quick too, to let you know that we have a choice to make. When we have a choice and a decision to make, it increases our hope because when we make that right decision, we're going to look for God to react immediately. And God doesn't always step in immediately. He's a God of faith. He wants us to exercise our faith. And so I want to read Romans 8, 24 and 25 to you. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we will already have something, we don't need to have hope for it. But when we, but if we look forward to something and we don't have it, we must wait patiently and confidently. This is what God is doing. If you're worried about your church, if you're worried about your building, if you're worried about your storefront, where the members coming from, how are the people going to come in, how am I going to make you know, payments, bills, whatever it may be. Read, read this scripture, Romans chapter eight, verse 24 and verse 25. What is hope? If hope is seen, hope is not supposed to be seen. So when we make that choice, we are living on faith and we are living on hope, but no, rest assured, God is there. He is with us. All we have to do is live on his word. He is the living bread that came down from heaven and man shall not live by bread alone, but by the words that proceed out of the mouth of the Lord. And so this is where we are right now. You look into the church to restore what needs to be restored. You're going to find yourself in trouble. It is now time to live a life of relationship. 
relationship because there's a lot of people that are confused right now. They don't know. They don't understand. They don't have the surety to know what's going to take place. But I want to tell you because I'm not here to impress people. The world is going to get worse. But my God, we better position ourselves for the great awakening of the glory of God because it is here and it's going to intensify. But again, what we first must do as an obligation to be a as a believer, a true believer of Christ is make the right decision and the right choice. Leave it all behind. Let it go. Cleanse your heart. Repent and make God your all, your first and your everything. Amen. I want to add two things real quick before we end our call, guys. The first thing I want to add is, is the Lord is not looking for popularity pastors with no power. He's looking for obedient servants in all of us to be obedient to his to his word, to be obedient to what he's called us to do, to be obedient to our assignment, to always be obedient unto him and follow him. And I want to add this last little piece of my message concerning the rich man and being in a situation and um, understanding how the Lord operates. When we cry out to the Lord and we ask the Lord to save us and to surrender, to free us from situations that, that, that fight us, that keep us in bondage and keep us in situations that we so desperately need deliverance from and help from, it is important to, to seek the Lord not in one area of our life, but seek the Lord in any and every area because when we begin to cry out to the Lord, he's coming. And he's going to send the help that we that we ask for. But the thing is, is when that help comes and he sends that help, when he sends that freedom. Guys, we can't give that freedom away. When the Lord sends that freedom to rescue you from that thing that fights you and that plagues you, don't turn around and give your freedom away again. The enemy knows where our heart is and where our mind is. And the enemy knows if we're sincere in our prayers unto the Lord. So when the Lord sends that help, when he sends that help to you, that is that is the time for you to grow in the Lord and don't turn away from the Lord. You know, that's the time to be converted from the sins. You know, I know we, we all feel some, uh, we feel the hurt and the loss of, you know, as my wife was saying, DMX, um, and how he was crying out to the Lord, but he lacked conversion. He lacked conversion. And when the rescue came to bring him freedom, he gave his freedom back away. So that's all I really want to say on that, guys. Um, uh, on a lighter note, you guys, we had an awesome, awesome vacation. You know, it was so refreshing. I'm so excited. It was long overdue. But I want to tell you guys about something so prophetic and so interesting. You know, that whole trip was very, very prophetic. But there was something that really stood out. You know, we were at the ocean. We went to Myrtle Beach and we were at the ocean. And uh, this little boy had a beach ball. And somehow he let the little the beach ball get loose somehow. I don't know. But as the waves continue to come in, it just pushed the ball further and further and further back in the ocean so much, so, so far that it became invisible, meaning that we couldn't even see it anymore. It was out of 
our view. So then hours went by, you know, we were sitting on the on the beach, hours went by, and we decided to get back into the water. And the lady uh, that was right where we were, she said, did you see that the ball came back? I said, what the world? I've never seen anything like that before because I just knew, and everybody else too that was around, we just knew that ball was gone. I mean, it was way out there in the ocean. I mean, you couldn't even see it anymore. But that same ball came back right to that very same spot. And so I didn't say it to the lady, but the Lord began to speak to me and let me know it was a prophetic message that he was giving is that, you know, everything that the enemy has stolen, no matter how long it had been, no matter how far it got away from you, no matter what took place or how it was taken, God is bringing your stuff back. God is giving everything back. The ironic thing is that ball could have been retrieved on any part of the ocean, but it came right back to that very spot where it left from. So God was saying then and gave me that message. I didn't tell her, but I knew it was for me. God is bringing your stuff back. So get excited about the restoration and get excited about restitution that God is doing now. No matter how long the enemy had had your stuff, no matter how far it got away, God himself, not man, God is bringing it back. So I was excited about that. But overall, it was a great vacation. Ken really needed it. He got a little tan, you know, but it's so... <laughs> It's okay. We had a good time. Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was peaceful. It was very peaceful. So the kids enjoyed it. So that was much more important to me. Yeah. So we pray you guys out and we pray that you guys have a great rest of your day. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every listener, every soul, every spirit that will listen in on this podcast. God, I pray that you bless their finances. I pray that you bless their families. I pray that you gird them up in strength. Father God, that you make them immovable and unshakable in you, Father Lord, in a world that is shaking. God, I pray that you make them, Father, unshakable, Father God, in who you are and who your word is, God, Father. No matter what this world may bring, Father Lord, God, anchor your people in your word and in you, in Jesus' name. Keep us, Father Lord, positioned on you, we pray, Father. We pray, Father, God, that you ring them in the fire, that you keep, Father Lord, in the name of Jesus, the stripes upon them to bring healing in Jesus' mighty name. Cover their households. Father God, continue to provide for them on every side in Jesus' name. Father, do the miraculous. Let the glory shine in their household, within their children, within their marriage. We pray, Father Lord God, that testimony shall spring forth, even in the midst of this shaking God, to show that you are still God and that you receive the glory, Father. So I pray, Father, that premature death shall never find them, O God, that no tragedies, no cataclysms, No sicknesses, no disease shall be attached to their names or their family. We pray, Father God, that you will revive them. Father God, in the midst of this shaking, God, that you'll revive their marriages. You'll revive them back to, you know, prayer with their families. You'll revive them back, Father Lord God, to seeking you, Father Lord God. And God, that you'll just sharpen them on every side in Jesus' mighty name. Father, release, God, some angels over their lives in Jesus' name, God, and minister to their spirit as they go forth in your name. So, Father, we thank you for being so now. We thank you for the miraculous, and we thank you for healing and breakthrough. And it is so, God, in your son Jesus' name we pray. It is so, God. Amen. Amen. 
Alright guys, you guys have a great week. You guys stay blessed and remember that the Lord loves you and so do we. Amen.